podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. What did the drummer name his kids? Anna one, Anna two. (laughs) 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 See, what's funny about that joke is drumming's about timing and Nate jumped on this call about 20 seconds before telling that joke because he was late today. <laughs> yeah, that we we like, had the hardest of starts ever, and that's all my fault. So apologies, guys. Bad. It, it, you may have redeemed yourself. There was a there was a laugh out of both of us, although mine was painful. <laughs> yeah. I am... Um... Hey, a laugh is still a laugh, mate. I'll take it either way. <laughs> <laughs> well, most of the time I laugh, Nate. So that's a base level for you, isn't it? Um, I'm going to give you a six, Nate. Like I liked it. Am I? Is I it, it was funny solid. being late? Is that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. Get, I can't. I can't start giving you minus points for being late. Because well, I'm not med- sure. If you've, I think mentally, I'd be. Points. Yeah, I'd be ruined. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. I think mentally, you've already done that. Whether you intended to or not, it's a different story. But uh, oh, so you disappointed with the score then, mate? I am, but let's just get on with it. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll get over <laughs> it. I can't complain. I know I'm late. I'm in the doghouse. Welcome to the Paddock, podcast featuring stories following Formula One around the world. I'm Lawrence Espresso, F1 presenter and correspondent. And I'm Chris Medland, F1 correspondent at Racer. And I'm Nate Saunders, late and from ESPN.com. Hey, <laughs> um, it's all right, mate. It was, there was going to be... It was Gasly's strange... fault. As much it as was Gasly. It was Gasly's fault. It was, so not my fault. For anyone not... who doesn't know why it's Gasly's fault, even though Franz Toss told everyone last weekend and we told the world and everyone went, great, Gasly's staying at AlphaTauri next year. The team felt this morning they needed to tell everyone again. So there was a press release that said everything that was said last weekend. <laughs> He's so staying Pierre Gasly twice. Is, yeah. <laughs> it's, that's their lineup. It's Pierre Gasly and Pierre Gasly. That's how good he is. Sorry, Yuki. Yeah, I like Yuki as well, but double Gasly. That's nice. <laughs> Let's go for it. Although I, th- I feel like it needed it needed one because Tost saying it was one thing, but Gasly was never like was never kind of like yeah, I'm definitely staying. Whenever you spoke to him, he was like, well, there was always <laughs> that element of doubt there. So I feel like an official communication from the team rather than Tost at a press conference. Even though you're right, like in most cases, like a team boss saying this guy's staying would be enough for us to say yeah, that's that's confirmed. There's just something about AlphaTauri in that whole situation. <laughs> where we were like, ah, uh, let's yeah. maybe just wait and see, shall we? I so, said that um, to to Bretto, I was like, well, it's it's like it's 90... When, when Toss said it's 100% confirmed, it's like it's 95% confirmed. Because <laughs> yeah, right. there's, there's still Red Bull above Franz who might have more control yeah. over him. So And they um, somehow they know something about Pierre Gasly that clearly none of us do, right? So we, we yeah. don't know what that is. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, um, you pleased so, yeah. to stay so, then? Pleased to stay in at AlphaTauri? Um... <laughs> no, I mean really. that's a fair response, though, isn't it? Isn't it? I that don't is think I am. To be honest with you, I feel like Gaz. I feel like he's kind of trapped there, isn't he? Um, trapped forevermore. I'd love to have seen him. I, I, I'd love to see what would have happened if, if we already knew, say Vettel was retiring or something from Aston. Like, not saying Wait, he's going to or not. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I made that sound like if we already knew that what this in, insight that I know. Um, but let's say Vettel had said, "I am retiring," and there was that seat free, or Alonso's not staying at Alpine, or. McLaren were moving on from Danny Rick, even though you know I think it's impossible they can right now. 
I think I think Gasly would basically be like, no, I'm I'm leaving. Like, there's no way you're keeping me here. But because there's still that uncertainty and him staying there suggests to me that Vettel's staying as well and other things like that. So I don't know. It, it's hard to see where he could go. But um, yeah, I feel like he deserves a, a shot at a, a different team. And he's not going to get it with Red Bull until 25. What, is he ever going to get it with Red Bull? Well, is this is really it, isn't it? Is going to get it with Red Bull? It's like, it's like that girl you fancy at school who's always like, yeah, yeah, we'll definitely go out one day. And you're like, yeah, okay, cool. And, she's like, and you're like, when is that? She's like, oh, soon. Don't you worry about it. And that oh, soon never day. comes. Was that just me? <laughs> Yeah, it's the one that's like, you'd make a great husband when we're older, but for now, yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, and you're like, oh, cool. When is older? And, she's like, and then you get to 30 and she's like, I don't actually want to get married. And you're like, you lied to me. And I'm stuck <laughs> here at Alpha Towery. <laughs> um, uh, I think that the only thing that maybe is a saving grace there is that by the time there's a Red Bull seat available, enough time will have passed that maybe like... Gasly's kind of position within that team will have changed. Either he will have moved on somewhere else and if he's still in some way tied to Red Bull, then he might be attractive to them. Or if even if he leaves completely, they haven't actually been totally averse to going back to drivers who they've deemed weren't ready at a certain time or whatever. If you think of even like the Brendan Hartley situation or Kvyat and things mm. like that, where I think if Gasly then goes to a, for example, McLaren in a couple of years and has a good couple of years, but they're still not winning races and then Red Bull have a vacancy, they might go, you know what, he could do the job now and they might try it. So I, I feel like the door is closed but not locked so that when he leaves, <laughs> he might come back and find it's open. Well, the door's... Well, no, I think it is locked, but they've given uh, Gasly one of those big keychains with like 400 keys on it <laughs> and he's sat at the door trying to open each one and at the moment he's just like, I don't know, and he's losing track of which one he's used and everything. But they go one day, in three years, he'll get there, like, yeah. Yeah, he's only got three years to work out which key he's got to use. Um, I think one one good thing from it is that he we know he's going to perform well there, right? So I feel like he keeps his reputation up. Like he likes the team; they like him. Um, he performs really well there. There's not not so much pressure there, and I think he does thrive in that environment. Like we saw that he didn't maybe do so well under that microscope at Red Bull. I think it'd be better now, but um, yeah, it's kind of a place where he can just kind of sit on the boil, isn't it, and just wait. Like you said, Meadows. I think him at him at McLaren in the future would be a, would be a cool combo i'd like to see that one day i think he's going to be a consistent point scorer isn't he uh for Terry? yeah and that's what he and then maybe the odd podium now and then i think that's why they're so determined to keep him because you know as, as much as we say it's the junior team like they still want alpha Tauri doing as well as possible like there's this kind of idea that oh there's just the junior team red bull don't really give a damn about it but it's like it's not true they they obviously want red they obviously f- focus more on red bull as the senior team but you know alpha Tauri still gets money at the end of the year for where it finishes so they haven't exactly got a load of Red Bull juniors knocking on the door either, though, have they? That's true, oh, yeah. Oh, Yuri Vips. Oh. oh, God, yeah. I forgot about him. Yeah, Just generally was... as well. Not even not even before he did He did what he did. Did, did a bad. Day. I mean, that was ridiculous. I mean, I can't I can't see Vips coming back to drive for them now. No. To, to use the word he used, even if it is just as, you know, if it wasn't directed at anybody or like, if that's part of your everyday language, there's a, it yeah. shouldn't be. It never should be, so. And also, like, it shows... That that aside, not downplaying that at all, but to 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 say it on what you know is a live broadcast, like yeah, it just show like it just shows such a level of such a lack of self awareness, um, and yeah, I, I think Red Bull. I'm surprised they. Uh, sorry, I'm not surprised they suspended him, and I I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't, if he just was cut from them, you know, going forward. 
Yeah. Um, but a point quickly that you're about to mention about AlphaTauri and the team wanting it to do well. At the same time, I know Bretto is now decked out completely in AlphaTauri gear, but I never had heard of AlphaTauri as a clothing brand before Red Bull rebranded Toro Rosso as AlphaTauri. And now I imagine there's thousands of people around the world who are the same, who had never, never True, knew. Yeah. There'll be some that still don't, that just they just think it's like a cool way of saying Red Bull or something. But to know now that it's actually a clothing brand, they will... They've, they've heightened that interest in it and probably increased the value of that part of their company. So it's there is value to the team doing well. Um, also, there's value in us doing well. Hey, this is a bad segue. What a but, segue. Well, so this could not be more different to last year's pod. Last year's? Jesus. Last week's pod. Feels like um, a year, does it? Yeah, it does. It does. It's been a long time. Honestly, Air Canada made it feel like about three years. <laughs> yeah. So not getting a positive plug out of me. Oh, no. Tra- travel woes are going to become a mention if we get to cram it in because we're on a tight time schedule here today Sorry. Uh, so whereas last week's show we were late afternoon in canada on the beers in a pub all together this week's show it's early morning in the uk on the coffees all separately so uh the only good thing about this is we have the fallout from canada we have the reviews Fallout. hang on yeah fallout. Well, I don't think we've ever had as many reviews in one week as we've had. Um, there's six coming your way from like different podcasting, all from Apple Podcasts, I think. That's where everyone reviews us. Uh, and then there's one from the Twitter as well. So we're going to start with the Apple Podcasts, uh, where Julio Caesar Salad. Now, this is part of the, oh, great the name. Slutheria. <laughs> this is definitely part of the Slutheria. That, uh, just want me to read this out, I'm sure. But it's uh, five stars for being informed and nice. Uh, and it says, when the driver union uneasy with missile strikes, hullabaloo was happening. We watched Chris Medlin's Twitter feed like hawks. When our friend met Chris Medlin in person, he was incredibly nice. Lawrence Barreto is always empathetic. And Nate Saunders always shows up eventually. It's like they yeah. knew. <laughs> wow. Uh, What's that team? based on? I've never been. Oh, uh, well. Maybe, yeah. maybe it takes a bit of time to warm up in episodes. I'll, I'll that. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, to the team, as a journalist, I've always wanted to ask professional drivers, who is your Mario Kart main and why? Since my line of news doesn't take me to tracks often, could you please help us by asking drivers in your interview? I think this would be a good question that provides unique insight. Brackets, we've heard of two Yoshis, Dry Bones from Latifi and Button Users Bowser. Thanks for the good show. So, yeah, we'll look that up. Uh, we will we will do, a, do some digging. Maybe not this weekend. I think Silverstone's a bit too busy to find out Mario Kart driver. Uh, characters yeah. but Austria, Lewis Austria mentioned it didn't he he did Lewis yeah wanting to play it so we'll have to um we'll have to yeah Austria Nate Nate's um task if he wishes to accept it in Austria oh yeah I'll find a out Mario Kart question I'll find out from a few guys good man uh review number two five stars uh from Remzap in Singapore and it just says uncovering mysteries uh, my favorite podcast such a great mix between f1 and non-f1 stuff the Montreal episode this week was epic and it did confirm to me that Chris mentioned by Jess on another podcast is in fact Meadows. <laughs> yeah, that's me. Uh, keep up the good work, guys, from Remco from Singapore. Thank you, Remco. Thank Sorry, Remco. You. And Remco. And we call them Jedders now. Jess and Meadows, for anyone listening. Yeah, let's, not, let's not make that a thing. Let's, <laughs> let's, it's uh, like Benefer or, or any of those other things, but better. Oh, look at Meadows' face, Nate. I don't think, <laughs> Sorry, that, I don't think he's impressed. <laughs> I've got so many reviews to get through. Sorry. Uh, third one, a chaotic bundle of joy, which is exactly what we want it to be, from uh, Kay Madan in Canada. Uh, as a Canadian who desperately wanted to go to the GP for her birthday but missed out on tickets, you can say I was a little bummed going to the race weekend. And the podcast made the FOMO very real. 
However, Lawrence's giggles, Nate's chaotic 60-second race review, and Chris and Jess's love story brought the smile <laughs> and laughter in full force. So much so, I had to put my mask back on while taking the bus. Uh, since Lawrence shared the goat burger, I have two culinary gems to share in exchange if you're able to go. Oh, we're going to have to make notes of these ready. This is for next year. Uh, Mon Lapin and Arthur's. Now, Mon Lapin gets one, like, uh, and Arthur's gets two. And I'm doing, like, the Italian gesture of chef's kiss. Uh, <laughs> it's been nearly a year, but I still think about that Moroccan toast every day, wow. says K. Madame. P.S. There needs to be a pad hoc pub crawl at every city you all attend a GP in. Yes, there does. We're going to work on that. That's actually uh, a very good idea. I'm I'm game yeah. for that. I think Hungary might be our next good opportunity for that. We we might go for one in Budapest, which could could end badly. Would end badly. Beretto in Budapest normally ends badly. <laughs> Beretto, um, Beretto, anywhere anywhere beginning with B. Yeah, anywhere, anywhere beginning, beginning with B, B and Beretto is bad. You know, Baku, Budapest, Baku, Budapest. Brazil. Yeah, Brazil, Boston. <laughs> Boston, Texas. It's a bad one. It's becoming a bribe. <laughs> anyway, three to go on this. Uh, I must listen every time. Five stars. Yay. From Old Granite Man uh, in the US. He says, Meadows, Bretto, and Nate are a refreshing break from the usual posh landscape of F1 podcasts with a bit of banter, questionable joke ratings, and a heap of passion for the sport. Oh. The Pad Hoc is a great place for F1 fans, new and old, that realise there's more to the sport than just serious technical discussions. P.S. The Montreal Bar episode was light but fantastic. More of that, please. Uh, I think light was a slight dig, but never mind. <laughs> the next one is poor. Uh, Bo Poet from the UK on Apple Podcast says, more Laura and Jess, please. Saw Laura's post on Instagram, said tuned in. Enjoyed it a lot. First time listening, but really hope Laura and Jess appear in each episode. Not enough of them in this one. I'm sorry they don't. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's it, You're stuck with us. That's that. Um, we yeah. said that, though, didn't we? As soon as Laura and Jess got involved, we were like, guys, are just going to be obsessed with you guys being on this now. Yeah. Going forward. We were we were we were milking it for the extra like reach yeah. on social, but now now we regret that move. Yeah, I think it backfired, didn't it? Our hubris, pride came before the fall. Yeah. Anyway, final one from Neil Sinot via Apple Podcast in Luxembourg. Big up the Luxembourg massive. Uh, found this podcast by accident. Five stars. Get in. Uh, I found this podcast by accident while visiting my mother-in-law in Portland. To be honest, I was trying to avoid any conversation about protests and gun control. So far, I have managed to embarrass myself by laughing out loud in a night store in Portland on a recent flight from London to Marseille and in Marks and Spencers in Singapore. Really liked the live show for, from Canada recently. And if the crew are up for it, I am willing to offer my balcony in Singapore to record the next one in October. Wow. Well... Uh, Neil, why it, you've reviewed from Luxembourg if you're from Singapore? I don't know. This is a mystery. <laughs> Neil, we need to know more about Neil. <laughs> Neil, Neil sounds, has, yeah, yeah. Neil sounds like a super secret man. Neil was in Portland, but then flew from Lisbon to Marseille and ended up in Marks and Spencer's in Singapore, but reviewed us from Luxembourg. Neil, are you, um, are you Jason Bourne? <laughs> yeah, Neil's not his real name. We're talking to no. a figment of his imagination. So uh, that was our five. Uh, our five reviews, six reviews from the good review thingies. If we move on quickly to Twitter, we had one from Katha Hyde asking if the last episode qualifies as the drunk episode 2.0. I don't think it does. No, I it think doesn't. I we, mean, we were we I were enjoying so. ourselves, but it was early on. Um, I liked how somebody I saw somebody say Nate's descent into drunkenness. I mean, I was on my second beer by the end of that. I wasn't like I wasn't steaming. I was just I was just pretty merry. You know? I was pretty having a good time. 
Are you sure they weren't just referring Nate to you at the airport uh, in Montreal? On, on oh, maybe. Night? Maybe. Maybe they met me. Um, <laughs> but I mean, if you know, if you're given five hours to to kill, what are you going to do? <laughs> Not drink? Come on. Come on, lads. <laughs> Nate was one that wasn't taken off the flight, just for reference. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Man, I was tucked away at the back, just hiding. <laughs> Monty's um, being dragged off the daycare and it's causing all sorts of carnage in, in here. Um, he he hates being told he's going anywhere early in the morning. So, I mean, don't most want. people hate being told early in the morning that they go? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, I'm, I'm, in that, I'm in that boat. Morning, afternoon, evening, I hate being told. <laughs> I'd um, rather just stay put. Well, just finally, there was one other review that came up on Twitter before we move on from Will Jones, who says, drum roll, five stars, because in the words of Clooney, what else? Only improvement would be less F1 chat and more golf talk. I think no. you need a rebranding as the oh. par hoc because I don't <laughs> care about some ghastly bloke you love. We love golf. <laughs> PS10 stars for the bar episode. I loved it. Um, so wow. Wow. We, we loved it. I think I feel well, like Nate's going to leave this podcast if that happens. If you guys, if it becomes a golf podcast, I'm not just leaving the pod. I'm going to leave the country and just <laughs> leave Formula One. Never you know how again. podcasts work, though, right? You can still hear them in other countries. No, As I Neil was... pointed out, you can hear them if you are even undercover. Yeah, true. Well, maybe I'll become Neil Stark or something. And I'll... Uh... Sinnet. Sinnet. <laughs> I mean, initials will still be the same. Um, Reminds yeah, me of like I, I... a lower league football manager. Yeah. Neil Sinnet, Accrington Stanley. Funnily enough, my first job when, um, uh, when I got my NCTJ, which is my journalism qualification, I worked for the Football League paper. And because they would, we would all do um, match reports from the office. We'd call up like non-league teams and say what happened. We weren't actually at the game. We hadn't got accreditation. So all of our bylines would be like, would literally be. So I was Neil, my, my first ever byline for the Football League paper was Neil Stark. We had, and we would all have fun coming up with different names to use with our initials. So we were like, any any eagle-eyed reader of the Football League paper or the non-league paper must realize that like, there's a lot of, NS is here and RJs and EDs, <laughs> but never, never the same name. And we'd always come up with different ones. So yeah, Neil Stark was was my. I was obviously watching Game of Thrones at that point. I thought I can't be Ned Stark. That would be too obvious. That it's not him. So Neil Stark. I was like, that's me. Wow. I know. You just you just pulled down the curtain on all of that. I have. That's how the sausage gets made, guys. Yeah. Oh, it's not fake. Again. Don't. You mentioned it last week, and Bretto couldn't control himself. <laughs> Speaking of last shunting. week, I'm not shunting. Should we again. talk about the race? Yes. Better Let segue, better, better segue. Play the music. If you've only got one minute to spare, want to know who finished when and where, sit back, relax, because we got you. Here's Nate with the 60-second review. Hello, it's review time once again, Canadian Grand Prix. I'm going to do something a little bit different this time. I'm going to do a duet. Uh, it's going to be me, Nate Saunders, doing the words, and also me, a different version of Nate Saunders, doing a little bit of singing. <clears throat> because that's what I wanted to do for this one. The Montreal du Grand Prix du Canada, or whatever they called it out there. Bonjour, hi. Let's go. Three, two, one. First place was Max Verstappen, the robot. Well done. You're brilliant. We get it. Stop winning races. Second position, Carlos Sainz. Uh, would 
Charles Leclerc have done better there? Maybe. Can you hear the drums, Fernando? Lewis Hamilton, welcome back, mate. Uh, third position. Mr. Consistency in fourth place. Or is that Mr. Thirst Trap, Mercedes? You decide in the fire light, Fernando. Chuck Leclerc in fifth position. Esteban Ocon, Al- Alpine's best driver up next. Valtteri Bottas and Zhu. Look at the Alfa Romeo boys up there. They were closer now, Fernando. Alonso was a billion times quicker than any other human being on the day. Great effort. I can't believe he ended up in ninth position. I was so afraid, Fernando. <laughs> Honestly, I do quite love that uh, that energy from Fernando Alonso. Just every single second, um, just reminding you that he's better than everyone. You know, there was something in the air that night. The stars were bright, Fernando. You did so well in Q3 for liberty, Fernando. God, I'm good at singing. You're welcome. That's the review. <laughs> Amazing. I was looking at it being like, this is going to be well over 60 seconds. Then realized yeah. You just well, the intro, obviously, the intro bit doesn't doesn't count. But yeah, that was dead on 60. So um, I had to finish it. I just Apologies I to Lance Stroll, who got a point in his home race yeah, and doesn't well, get a mention. I, <laughs> I did feel bad about that because usually I dump on Lance Stroll, don't I? But he actually did really well in the race. So Lance, <laughs> I'm sorry. You did well. You did good, man. Um yeah, I was just like, oh, I'm out of time. But that was sure fantastic, I... Nate. Fantastic. Yeah, was. I'm not sure if I've got a career in singing, but you know, I would like to uh, alert the listeners to Nate. That's not the first time Nate has introduced uh, a bit of Fernando the Abba song to uh, an F1 context. There's a journalist who we are more than willing to name, Andrew Benson from the BBC, who we believe has a soft spot for Fernando Alonso. Um, he was a very good driver, so understandably. But uh, we we wind him up about it. And during the race, I think it was, uh, as Alonso basically was slipping backwards, Nate would just turn up a YouTube link on his laptop of that <laughs> song and see if Benson would bite. And he never did. Most of the time he couldn't hear. So people yeah. in the press room were turning around being like, what is this noise? And it was ABBA. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I realised after he, obviously he was plugged in, wasn't he, to the BBC comms. So he obviously wouldn't have, uh, he wouldn't have paid attention. They'd have got but, in trouble um, for playing it without rights, I imagine. Yeah, if five, it'd been in the five, background when he'd talked. Five five. <laughs> yeah. Getting getting a bill as, from Abba. As Andrew Benson's there saying, and Fernando Alonso slipping down in the background, you can hear <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> how it was. Yeah, that would have been pretty funny. Uh, Such uh, a shame that actually. I genuinely though walked in on Sunday morning. I used a Metro and it was really really easy, really fun actually to kind of head in with fans on um on Sunday because the weather was nice. And the like sun was out, you've got the backdrop of the downtown, it looks really cool. But everyone coming in suggested some filming with fans to ask who's gonna win, blah, blah, blah. And everyone was hyped that Fernando was on the front row. So yeah. many people were like, can't wait to see how he does, whatever team kit they're wearing. Um, most were like, Well, I think Max is gonna win it, but I'd love it if Fernando did. Some were like, I actually think Fernando might, that he'll get ahead of Max and then there'll be some trouble behind. So yeah, it was uh, highly, highly exciting pre race, and then it just didn't live up to it, did it? Went backwards. No, yeah, and I love I loved the idea of him saying I'm going to go for the for the lead on turn one, but um, it was just it was just never anywhere nearby. Um, Barreto's dad's so, in the show. Yeah, he just popped in. Hello, Barreto's dad. <laughs> he can't. My my dad can't hear. He's he's uh, here, <laughs> but he's huh. just like he's just like yay. <laughs> Is that the first um, parental appearance that we've had? <laughs> I on? think I think that is the first time he's come around. He's come round to, to mow my lawn for me. Oh, wow. Why is that? Why, why don't you have time? 
because uh, I, I, as soon as we finished recording this, I'm shooting off to the Pirelli lunch with you boys. Um, and because Wait, what? The... <laughs> <laughs> so the yeah. pre-British Grand Prix Pirelli lunch, which is an annual affair that hasn't happened for the last couple of years because of COVID. Uh, that always... was a lot of, there was a lot of peas in there, wasn't there? <laughs> The pre-Grits Grand Prix P Rally, <laughs> but all the P's were in the right place, though, so that's what's Post important. <laughs> that's like one of those tongue twisters at the start of Anchorman. You know, he's like, "How now, brown cow?" Unique <laughs> New York. Yeah, um, it should be fun though. Um, hopefully, we get to talk more about Fernando Alonso when we're there. I imagine we will. Yeah. I mean, you'd be happy talking about Fernando Alonso all the time, wouldn't you, Nate? So my thing with Fernando Alonso is, I think he's a brilliant driver, but it just makes me laugh how he how he talks about himself i think it's hilarious like i i genuinely think he just deserves his own tv show because he could finish 14th and be like well obviously if my car was my car was better today i probably would have won the race but um today's like a victory for us (laughs) it's like every race like and i think ocon did really well at the weekend and alonso you know i know when drivers are told they can't overtake their teammate get upset but then he's like if i didn't have an engine thing you know, I'm surprised Ocon was that far back. And it reminded me of how he used to talk about Van Dorn, you know, when he was at McLaren. He'd be like, can't believe I'm beating this guy. You know, this guy won Formula 2, like, hands down. And now I'm just beating him easily. What's that about? So, yeah, I don't know. It's just a funny way of... It's like he's got to remind everyone that he's the best. He does have his own TV show. He had two series of it. And it was called Fernando. Do you remember? It was on Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime, because, yeah. Oh, yeah, because uh, Meadows was on it. I was on it. Um, and to be honest, it was actually very cool because they did... They went when he stopped racing in F1. They went kind of following him about everything else he wanted to do and was going to go and do, um, and trying to win Le Mans and trying to win Indy and stuff like that. So, um, how many people do you think watched that who were ABBA fans and ooh. were like, "Oh, there's a show, a show about my favorite song." Oh, this is weird. There's a there's a man with a round face talking to me about a Spanish F1 driver. That's <laughs> That's what someone called Meadows once. <laughs> very round face. Very round face. What was the first bit? It was. The journalist with the, the beard. The bearded talking head from Drive to Survive with the very round face. <laughs> yeah, that's... Is this, I think it's still my Twitter, is it? No, I, I, must, I must have changed it. I think you changed it in, in a quiet on, moment. Meadows, you've moved on, you've stepped Did up. I? Oh, how boring. You're, oh, yeah. you're too important now. Yeah, it's gone really boring now, just saying what I do. Sorry about that. We'll change that. Um, anyway... Uh, we are on a tight time scale because Beretta needs to catch a train. I also like that people that get angry about us calling him Beretta and using surnames, now there's reviews with it in, so it's it's catching. Does uh, that make it acceptable then, I guess? Yes, it does. It does. Now, we had fun in Canada, didn't we? Oh, I loved it. So good yeah, to be great, back yeah. after a couple of years. You guys, yeah, got to taste, you guys got to taste the best burger in the world. And okay. it went. I don't always finish burgers because they're difficult. Like they're, they're heavy and stodgy and sometimes a bit sickly and stuff. That thing was gone. Phew. Yeah, it was really good. I'm not sure best burger in the world, but then I haven't tasted <sighs> every burger in the world. Hang on, Nate. So I thought it was very good. Probably one of the best burgers I've ever eaten. But um, One of? Yeah. Where's, where are better? Because I'm not Beretta using your review in my book. I tell you that much. I use better. So I'm not using yours. <laughs> Oh, so it's a one-sided. So you're 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 whitewashing it, are you? Yeah. Fine. yeah. I'll, I'll I'll release an an anti-book. Uh, reverse. <laughs> I'm still going to say it was good. I just I just don't I just don't think I have the authority to say the best burger in the world. No, that's true. That hopefully lies with me, mate. Yeah. No, you're the authority on world burgers. <laughs> I just I just eat them if they're in front of me. And generally, you're the tend authority to like them. on you're the authority on Daniel Ricardo. Well, yeah. <laughs> I guess. I guess so. Before 2018. <laughs> and when he was at Red Bull. And when he was going to win the title at Red Bull. Now, speaking of winning the title at Red Bull, I'm looking at Bretto's run plan. 
Max going to win it. Easy. Yeah. Oh, he's Job running done. away with it, isn't it? I was talking the other day about how early he's going to win it. Are we talking like Singapore, Japan? Nah, I don't reckon so. I reckon someone did ask me this. I said Austin, I think, or Mex- Mexico with three to go. Because I think Ferrari is still going to win enough races and take some points off him. And like Merck might get in there as well. And I, yeah, he, he's got to be what? He's got to more than double his lead from now, I think. From this point, he has to outscore Leclerc by more he ha- than he has already to win it as early as Austin, I think. So I've still I got a little could, bit of hope. I think it could be quite fairly early. You know, Leclerc's already down one engine. Um, I don't know. I just, all the all the buzz of the season kind of, is kind of fading, isn't it, a little bit? Well, Leclerc's from, back up that engine because he took it in Canada. So that's why I had to take the penalty. Yeah, so now true. he can, Mattia Bonotto said he can attack before the summer break, which probably does mean it's going to go bang like in Silverstone. Yeah. But... When I hear a Ferrari guy say, let's attack the engine, it's like, um, <laughs> it's like things that precede disaster, quotes yeah. that precede unfortunate events. The Red Bulls are going to have um, to take engine penalties as well. Like everyone's going to take engine penalties. There's yeah, going to be true. multiple as the year goes on. So I think towards the end of the year, we'll see some quite interesting races of kind of those out of position um, mm. grids as well. But I just think what Max has won five out of six now and he's winning them while not even being that happy with the car, not even really driving at his peak level. So imagine when he gets comfortable with the car and gets to some tracks that he really loves. I'm just a little bit worried that that's what's going to happen. Having said all of that, like we're heading to Silverstone next weekend and lots of chat about like, it's a smooth surface, Mercedes should be better. Like it, it could be that they start getting in the mix and taking points off Red Bull. I don't know, but like there's, there's an increase in inevitability for me that Max is just smashing this. So that's a good point. And I think if Mercedes do get in the mix, my, my issue is I think they take points off Ferrari, not Red Bull. Because I think yeah. Max is the guy who's going to be finishing first or second. And, you know, you're going to have a Mercedes in third or in second, you know, beating the best Ferrari. So I don't know. I just, whenever Max finishes right now, he seems to win other than Monaco when he just had an off week. He just then, seems to win the race. So. I was going to say, so I think Ferrari are going to be strongest in Silverstone. If you look at Barcelona and where they're at, and even Canada mm. and the pace they showed there. And with Leclerc having a fresh engine, I'm going Leclerc as favourite for that. And nice. it it doesn't, it's not a stretch of the imagination to have been talking about Leclerc having won three in a row heading to Canada, maybe even four in a row with Canada if if he, because he wouldn't have had the penalty there because he wouldn't have had the failures. And now reliability obviously plays a huge part, but if he hadn't had those reliability issues, he was winning Barcelona 100%. Mm-hmm. That race yeah. was done. Mm-hmm. He was winning Monaco if they didn't screw up strategy 100% because he was in the lead at Monaco. You just, shouldn't lose that. Baku will say is questionable because we don't know if Max would have got back to him, but there was a good chance of him winning. First that. or second, yeah. Yeah. Right. And then and then Canada without a penalty, we saw how quick the Ferrari was around there. And as you mentioned mm. in your review, if it had been Leclerc behind Verstappen, would he have got him? I feel like there's actually there is an alternate like parallel universe where Leclerc's won the last four races. Now, mm. you know, it hasn't happened and that's why Verstappen's so strong, but I think that's why I'm not I'm not expecting him to walk away with it. I think there's every chance that Leclerc will win plenty of races still and just keep himself in touch. Enough in touch that it'll go a bit later into the year at least. But that's yeah. that is a U-turn on my pessimism for Ferrari normally. <laughs> but also I think a fair point as well is we're not even halfway into the season yet, which is kind of nuts. So we saw how you know, what was it, Max was 46 points behind Leclerc coming out of Australia, and now he's 46 points ahead of Perez. And that's what five races ago. So it can it can flip around. So I think you're right. It is it is too early to with a season when seasons are this long, you can't really write off anything until we kind of get to the back end of the year at least. Well, let's 
uh, finish this because Bretta needs to catch a train on a day of train strikes, uh, what we all do, with travel woe stories. Who had the worst trip back from Canada? Well, Nate and I technically had the same trip because we were on the same plane. So we I guess it's Nate and Lawrence versus Meadows for worst travel story. We were delayed, well, what, hours, five and a half hours, Nate? Yeah, five and a half hours. And it was just, it was just like, and then about an hour we were sat on the tarmac, weren't we? Just like on the plane. Yeah. Waiting. With no announcements. I, that was the one thing I thought was strange the whole time. Is it kind of yeah. told us nothing throughout the whole experience about what was Yeah, going and on. then the pilot was like, Guys, uh, welcome aboard. Like an hour in, it's like we're we're leaving now. It's like, um, what? Have you just got here? Like, what's going on? Um, and it was it was a horrible flight for me because I basically started getting like back spasms during the flight, and which sometimes happens when I'm sat in those airplane seats. Oh, but it means no. I just I just couldn't sleep, and I eventually end up standing up for about an hour just because I was like, I'm I'm keeping the guy next to me awake because I was just fidgeting like mad, um, and then. And then I watched Saving Private Ryan <laughs> in the morning, <laughs> which which Cheery. was fun. Yeah. But I just thought, you know, I, it, it summed up my mood at that point. So, so uh, was anyone taken off your plane, though? Were you on the plane of no, doom? No, no that, was, that was the flight after hours. So people might have seen it on Twitter. People were removed from an Air Canada flight, about 30 people, including some Williams guys, an old couple. Um, and that was the flight directly after hours that um, colleagues of ours were on. And Jess was on as well, right? She She yeah. was there watching it. She was um, very uh, unimpressed because she said it was just random. They were just walking on. Police came on and they started just going them off. And they still haven't been able to give a proper explanation why. I think they're claiming now that it was not following aircraft or airline instructions and things and the crew. So the captain called for it, but the crew couldn't then tell you who wasn't following it. And they just randomly said, well, they can come off. Like mm. like you said, like an elderly couple in their 70s who were wearing masks were told, you're off. Um, yeah, it, it sounded horrific. So, yeah, I think you guys do win, actually, because you had the delay around other delays in Montreal. I had the same delay. I had five and a half hours. I had three and a half hours in the airport at Newark and then two hours on the plane waiting to leave Eesh. because they'd given us a new plane and um, it wasn't ready and they had to do stuff manually and all this. So it's 3.30 in the morning we we finally left. Um, like we pushed back and then waited for half an hour and then we left. And that screws your body clock a little bit. But... Um, mm. At least, like, the airport was quiet and quite calm. And, yeah, it wasn't as bad as Air Canada. So I feel like I'm giving the points to Nathan Lawrence. Oh, I mean, that's a nice small win. At hollow, the end. hollow win, whatever <laughs> competition that was. <laughs> I, don't feel, I don't feel good about that. Well, normally, but, uh, it's... Actually, I'll tell you what, I'll add, it, I'll add so. those points to my joke review, and now I've got an eight. Oh, no, I got... It doesn't matter. Like no, I'll give you a point each. Give you okay, point seven. Each, so you've got seven. That's fine. Uh, no, no. No, I'm sorry. No, that's how I'm gonna. That's how I'm gonna rate it in my head. No, from you've now got on. to stay true to the integrity of the system, Nate. You no, can't just go add in points left, right. <laughs> and integrity. I don't care about integrity. Seven out of ten. <laughs> Decent joke. I like it. I'll let, let you two up. fight. You two can fight over this over a lunch at Pirelli because Bretto's not going to get there if we don't let him go. Okay. So oh yes, it. I've got to go. Right. All right, <laughs> chaps. It's been an absolute pleasure as always. Thanks to everyone who was listening. Please remember to hit the subscribe button and follow us on our social channels at the Padhock. You can read Nate's work on ESPN.com, Meadows' work on Mesa.com, and my work on F1.com. And we'll do this again very, very soon. Very soon. Bye. Well, bye.
Social Podcast Network.